All right. Crab. We're back. Sandcast Podcast is alive, people. I know we've been putting out episodes, but we haven't been in the studio. <laughs> Travis has been carrying me while I've been abroad, and uh, it's been a shit show. <laughs> in, I mean, good way, bad way, I don't know. It depends who you are. <laughs> um, but we've been all over the place. Yeah. I guess proper uh, world tour beach volleyball life, right? Yeah. We've covered a lot of ground. I mean, you've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. You were gone for a long time. I was time. gone for a long I didn't go that far. I stayed in Europe the whole time. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I mean, Turkey's far, though. Like, Turkey's pretty far east. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know about east. It's kind of south of... Well, Turkey's in Asia. Part of it. It's on the... Yeah, it's part of it. Isn't it like half... Like half Istanbul half? is actually the border, like the okay. Bosphorus River. Okay. I don't know. I'm not good with that stuff, but <laughs> I think the Bosphorus River in Istanbul separates Asia and Europe. Okay. So, um, yeah, you did make it. Yeah. You're in Western Asia. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was nice, too. It looked beautiful. It was real. Well, the venue wasn't. So we were like at our hotel. We pull up. We're yeah. like, wow, okay. All right. It's a challenger. We didn't really want to be here, but right. damn, this is nice. We're like the garden on the cliffs and the crystal blue water and like sick little cove. Yeah. If you saw my Instagram video of the bird attacking Trevor. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Um, But then we get in the shuttle, or taxi, because the shuttle was a shit show. Heard that. And uh, 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes we're driving, and it just gets worse and worse as we get further away. Was that far? It depends on what time of the day, but yeah, it was like at least 30 minutes. But that wasn't, so there was like four main draw hotels. You know, it was a shit show. You heard. (laughs) We ended up getting moved to the closer one, um, so it wasn't too bad. But it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't, it it got worse as we got closer to the venue, put it that way. (laughs) The venue looked pretty, though. Um, It was all right. It was like a, yeah, it was a pretty nice beach. the setup was the the stadium court was kind of cool for a smaller yeah. stadium. It was it was a cool setup yeah. to play at night. Sand wasn't great, but you can't really see that on TV. It looked pretty jumpy. It was jumpy, but it was also just bottomed out. Okay. Like it wasn't terribly deep. Yeah. When you're playing, but then like yeah, you'd, it bottomed out in some places. Yeah. So people are like skinning their knees and all that. Um, so that was wasn't great, but but then like the you know medical tent was on like gravel and dirt. Okay. <laughs> cars are driving by and blowing dirt in your face like it was like kind of average in that sense but um I also we had I I played the worst match of my life against Netherlands yeah I think so we got dead last and that's probably why I didn't like the venue (laughs) as much the venue always it all depends on how you finish right yeah your I whole think, vibe, oh, turkey sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. I think one of the truest ways to tell if you really liked a place, because this is how it was with golf, mm. where if you played a terrible round of golf and you liked the course, you're like, that course is legit. Right, right, right. So if you played terrible at a place and you still said, I would go back to play there, mm-hmm. then it's probably pretty good. Right, that's a good and point. you can tell if a venue's really shitty if you played great and you're like, I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that venue wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrible start to the trip. Did, like, but Turkey's beautiful. Going into that match, though, did you guys know, like, well, going into Turkey in general, did mm-hmm. you know what you had to do? Because I know that you and Trevor, you, I mean, you're not, like, going beautiful mind, A-Rob status with the points. Yeah, we try not to to go there, <laughs> even though we probably should. Um, no, we knew, though. 
we knew, uh, well, it was possible because you didn't know how the yeah. other teams would do. Right. So it's like, oh, you get a, there's no 17th, right, in Challengers? Or there uh, is in Challengers, not in Elites? Yeah. Whatever. We had yeah. to get out of pool and maybe win the first one to, like, really solidify we're okay for world champs kind of okay. thing. Um, and we went, what, like 36, 38 or something with There's Spain in the first set. Year, yeah. So I was like, all right, we're battling. They're a good team. Ended up losing it. We should have won that set. Uh, and then lose the match. We're like, oh, all right. Well, it's all right. You know, it's a good team. We went that the distance. Yeah. And then like, okay, Netherlands. Let's you know make sure we take care of it. Yeah. I think like that day I realized like, oh wait, this is modified pool play. Like this is it. Like we get one match. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, but it just didn't feel like. I think I'm noticing it over time that. Coming off last season, like playing Olympics, mm-hmm. Manhattan Beach, all these big ones that are like so fulfilling for me and like scare me a little bit. Yeah. Like going to Turkey, second match on the world tour, or I guess we played Rosarito, but second match, a team that we don't know. Yeah. It was just like hard to get up for it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you're in your head like, hey, you have to win this. Yeah. And then you get out there and it's like, oh, this, like, I don't feel good. I'm not playing good. Like, this isn't. I can't see, basically, is what what it came down to for yeah. me. I had, like, no rotation in my back, and I was getting under every set, and they were just blocking angle every time, and I was like, mm, no, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hit angle again. <laughs> yeah. uh, or actually, I was like, I'm going to hit angle, I see the block, but I'm going high hands, and then I hit it, like, six inches lower than I thought I was hitting it. Right. I was like, now I just look like a complete idiot. And Mark's hit, big. I mean, he's, he's almost, big. He's it wasn't not feet. for world tour though. He's, it's not a huge block. He's long too. Yeah, he's long. He he's a big block, but not when you played it with the Stoinovskis and the yeah. Moles and even like Theo and it wasn't like a huge block. And it's not like he's making giant moves. Like right. I could kind of see him, but I was just for whatever playing terrible. <laughs> and uh, and they played well too. Like yeah. when we finally did pull some some strings and played a little better than they made a play or something. It's just, like, demoralizing. We're, like, mm-hmm. they have everything to gain. We have everything to lose. Yeah. And then we lost. And then we're, like, oh, okay. I, I didn't even look or ask for, like, two days. I think you probably – you were texting me, actually, and I was, like, all right, I'll ask Trev. I know he's calculated. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're out. I was, like, well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Good start yeah. to the trip. Yeah. Like, complete <laughs> – joke of a start to the year and then it was kind of like battling that the whole yeah. rest of the trip like we played some good Bali mm-hmm. had a battle with Qatar you know we like took down who do we beat we you had a good had pretty qualifier good. in Ostrava yeah we you guys crushed McHugh and Burnett and they were yeah. hot like they were yeah. coming off a gold medal or silver medal in yeah. Turkey like they're playing great all year yeah and then Poland played pretty Pretty well. That I didn't. They're not playing that well. That team, but Rudol and Cantor. Uh, um, but beat them, and then we had a good battle with Qatar that we could have. I think we. Uh, it could have gone either way easily. Yeah. I think I had one ball at the end that I. That's the best I've seen you block about. in a long time. You you're like almost back to full time blocking. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I mean, I love blocking. I love going <laughs> yeah. up there, but we've been training f- to not do that. Right. Um, 
that wasn't the plan. But yeah, like our coach was like, uh, try, here's the stats for when you're at the net versus <laughs> like, okay. But if we make him the block better, and my defense feels good. I've been working on it for so long now, yeah. you know, and like the whole off season, really just focusing more on defense. Um, so it's hard for me to go away from it. But yeah, I thought I played well that match. They went after Trevor. I've never seen a, they probably served him. They served me two balls maybe. Um, so for me, it was like go block, right. serve, set, make my impact Just take felt the pressure it. off. Yeah, try to. Um, and it was a good match, but then we lost. So it's like we play, we have a bad match. This team careers against us. And then we play good against a good team, but then didn't pull it out. Yep. So, you know, it's just like frustrating. Yeah. But, and then freaking, um, where were we? Latvia? Yermala, yeah. Yermala. We played, uh, uh, I forget you know, who played We first actually time. went three with, um, the Latvian team, the young Tox, guys. Oh, Tox, Tox and, and, uh, and the young guy. Yeah, he's 17. It's yeah, he's really good too. Is he? Like he got a little tight, you could tell. Like that's why we took care of him at, in the end. Yeah. But he's a good player, and Tox was like feeling it in the beginning. Yeah. Like, oh great, here we go again. He's a good player. Tox is great, obviously. Fourth place at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, draw Wickler, who we haven't beat that guy. Really. Not a great draw for us. And then it's 50 degrees. <laughs> Trevor's got a stomach bug. That, yeah, <laughs> nobody knows that. It was 50 degrees, and then it's full downpour of rain. Oh. And, and then this match started an hour and a half late, which, like, you know, we're both playing, and it's just like, get over it, go right. play volleyball. Bro, my hands were <laughs> numb. Yeah. I couldn't, I was trying to jump serve, I couldn't hit it. It was like stinging my hands, trying to block and all that. Yeah. The ball's soaking wet. The kids aren't, like, wiping it off, you know? Yeah. So, like, obviously, same thing. We're both playing with the same ball. You can't really make an excuse. But Wickler's bombing jump serves. Ellers is bombing jump serves. Yeah. And I can't get on top of it. So it was, like, our shit serves versus them feeling it mm -hmm. and bombing away. And then Ellers, when I do get touches, he's blowing up my hands that I can't even feel. Yeah. And I've so seen your we hands didn't start purple, too, when we get out of the yeah, water. you've seen and it. And you're just, like, it's a, it's a shaded... Yeah, Purple, so 50 degrees in the before. tank top in rain. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Um, but, yeah. So that... And Vickler's freaking good. He's good. He's unbelievable. Yeah. I think he has one of my favorite arms. Just the really good arm. whip, noodle, snap thing he's got going on. It's, it's clean. It's yeah. like a real... It's like kind of like when you look at, like, uh, Taylor's arm... Mm -hmm. His arm, maybe Chris Zolnikov maybe kind of has that. Yeah. Or it's just a, compact. TJ DeFalco up there too. DeFalco, I, yeah. I mean, he's mostly. A, a lot of those now. indoor guys are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. He's good. It's he's, like, oh, not he's a great. Loss to be ashamed of. For sure. No. Yeah, so in a qualifier, it's like. Dude, those qualifiers are freaking insane. Yeah. I did, a, it was actually pretty funny. So. I've been writing for Volleyball World a little bit, and after Yermala, um, so a team from the qualifier has won every Elite 16 so far, either the men or the women. So really? Rosarito was um, Katya Stam and Racist Schoon, Netherlands. Came right. out, now they're the number one team in the world. Um, they are now? Yeah. They had a 
off a few tournaments, though, right? They did, and uh, they might have gotten past because of world champs. They took, like, ninth. Yeah. Um, but then, what was the next Elite 16? It was, I think it was, was that Estrava. Estrava, yeah. Estrava was won by Sinja Tillman and Svenja Muller, Germany. And then Yermala was uh, Sam Kotafava and Pella Nikolai. Came uh. on the qualifier. It was funny because I was thinking about uh, the kind of pretty tense debates early in the season about yeah. how it wasn't like they needed to expand the field because it, it was too deep. Like you guys just made the best argument possible, having qualifier teams win all of them. <laughs> well, yeah, and then the point system—it's like there's no like the ranking is just who knows, you know? It's like yeah. so random right now. I. I want to say, Trevor, someone looked up how many uh, teams ranked top 16 in the world have even played in a in main draw 16. of an Elite 16, <laughs> and there was like six. <laughs> if you're a fan, you look at, wait, what? Yeah. These teams are top 16 in the world. They earned that. They've never played in an Elite main draw. Yeah. And now it's how probably crazy with what? real chance. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. And now AVP's doing the same thing. Where, yeah. Yeah, well, these guys are the... What's the tour series? Oh, it's a qualifying series. Okay. Well, then why does this team that is winning the qualifiers ranked fifth on tour? Yeah. Because they won the qualifiers. Yeah. Before you win the qualifier, it means you're in the main draw, not you're the five seed in the main draw. Right. Right? And Well, it's, so, it's really interesting. So Dave and Rafu won Muskegon. Right. Right? And which gave them a spot into Hermosa. But they just did the math, prize money and points, and they're skipping Hermosa to go play Wapaka instead. And, and go get a, what, is it third place or something? Yeah, so you win, you get a third place in a pro series. Yeah, so they should just play the tour series. And that's the what they're time. doing. And Rafu, he was kind of mad about it. He's like, this point system's crazy, like, but I'm going to go play Wapaka because it makes more sense to me. Yeah, you and can make you win, more money and yeah, more yeah. points. And if you win, like, you're splitting eight grand. Which, that's almost as good as winning a challenge. Flight's cheaper. Well, dude, flying to Wisconsin is crazy right now, actually. Really? It hurt. More (laughs) than Cali? I don't know what it'd be from Florida to California. Flying right now is freaking bonkers. I know. It's so expensive. 2,800 to get to Portugal. Is it 28? Oh, man. With the $1,600 travel stipend, so we we gotta win first round or two just to break even <laughs> to play in a tournament we don't want to play in that's what i um was signed up for espino with tim mm. and i was telling you that we were like at the time that we withdrew we were in the teens of the qualifier which is as high as i've ever been in a challenger mm-hmm. but i was just doing the math in my head that when i was looking at flights i had a 1500 flight and i was like i need to go play like Mexico's ones in the first round, right. which is at the moment a dream draw mm-hmm. of, a, of a challenger. And then I'd play into someone like really freaking good. I was like, so I got to win two matches I should lose in straight right. sets just to get to like guaranteed to be 800 bucks maybe, which would put me down 700. But then you factor in hotels. Like I'm guaranteed to lose around like two grand. You have to career to break even. Yeah, career. I was like, or like, I could career. stay home. Play Denver and Wapaka, like hang out with Delaney and like I'm gonna yeah <laughs> do that yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's wacky and there's a lot of conversation on the 
world tour with everybody just on the buses and everyone you know i'm just hearing it mm-hmm. everyone's kind of mumbling and grumbling about it. nobody's happy weirdly like fans aren't really showing up on the world tour either yeah i don't know i, I guess like there's not they're not all new stops so maybe it's just like the marketing and team and yeah you know it it is a different it's a changing of of the the whole team with elite 16s and stuff but you know post covid there's not like player parties anymore and like mm-hmm. it just feels dull and yeah. you're not like that nervous cuz it's not like you're playing for that much money and we're still just kind of playing for points and yeah so it's a little little disappointing start but also think it's their first year so like i just hope they see what's going on and make yeah. some switches like cuz it's not a great direction i think yeah. although the stream's been great it's well that's what's so interesting is that so volleyball world reportedly had a record viewership for world champs and the numbers were like i'm having trouble believing it and that's what and I always I run this through every time I see information like that I run it through the Kent Steffes bullshit filter uh-huh. and I texted Kent and I was like what do you think of this and he's like well anytime you see the word impressions and engagement you know that there's some serious spin of course going because on. well they how long have they been uh, recording impressions and engagement right <laughs> and now we're all on a different platform than we were all the other years so yeah so I don't know how many people actually viewed it because and Theo said the same thing when I, I put that post up and I was like I mean apparently it was a record viewership right I even though I'm commentating like I have no idea I can't see the numbers that was the lowest I've ever seen and Theo in terms said of it's crazy that and, that many people watched it when there was no one there in person dude their third place match was empty pretty much empty yeah yeah and that was with like Brazil seemed to travel pretty well like George and Andre had a decent right and Vitor and uh, Renato. Like, the final players. looked pretty final good. Solid. solid. but, like, they've packed that stadium. Like, yeah. Phil and Misty and Kerry and them, I think they won world champs in that stadium okay. in, oh, whatever, nine or seven or something. And there's photos of it packed. Really? It was huge. And, huge but stadium. we were in Rome a few years ago, and, and, you know, there's a ton of foot traffic. Everyone's yeah. packed in. They packed the stadium this year. Was not much foot traffic, yeah. dude. Why do you think it wasn't that even is? sponsors on the you mentioned, signs? Yeah, because you mentioned even your jerseys. There, there was, was no. That's the first FIVB I've ever played in with no title sponsor on the jersey. Yeah, and it was a world championship. Like, what do you what do you think's happening? Like, why do you think this is happening? I don't know. I just assume that that's your biggest selling point is that logo, mm-hmm. right on the shirt. Because that's, I remember uh, I wish I knew. in Hamburg was the marketing Aldi, Aldi everywhere. Right. And Hamburg was packed. Oh, for you sure. Were, you, you were there, you know. Oh, those are the greatest matches I've ever played in. Like, and what I do you lost. think, like, 2019 to 22, like, why, why were the world championships such a different vibe, do you think? Because Italy's got a good, like, beach yeah. volleyball tradition. <sighs> I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think, and I've always said, I don't think our sport or anyone's doing a good job of promoting the actual entertainment product, which is the athletes. Yeah. Like, you hear it all the time, but nobody actually does anything about it. Or, like, you know, they'll do, like, cheesy uh, 
social media posts and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but they should be promoting, like, making, creating these superhero characters like the Anders Mole and Qatar. They have their, they're not just any other team. Like, they have right. a certain swag to them. Like, yeah. Like a huge swag. Like, mm -hmm. this guy freaking tells me that he doesn't eat vegetables because lions don't eat vegetables. Who's like that? Like, Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the barbecue. <laughs> you, eat, you eat vegetables? No, I don't eat those, man. Lions don't eat them. <laughs> I love I'm Sharif. Like, Damn. All right. <laughs> and he's serious. <laughs> Just meat, rice, That's maybe. Amazing. And then. I mean, his partner, ever like that team has such a cool story. Yeah, Adrian, the way that he walks around to mm -hmm. her, being through, having gone through what he's gone through. There's just so many good storylines that like fans would show up for. Yeah, they're not telling it. They're yeah. not telling that story. And then the marketing alone, like when I'm driving around Rome, biking, all that for days, I'm not seeing signs and yeah. promotions and all that. Um, I'm super biased when I say this, but I think all this lower level, build up the lower levels um, stuff is just completely watering down the top level of sport, which is the entertainment value. No one, no offense to qualifier players, but nobody cares. Yeah. NBA's the most watched thing in the world. Nobody watches the D League. Right. Nobody <laughs> watches the developmental leagues in soccer. Yeah. Every, you know, baseball. They all have tiers to get mm -hmm. up to the top. No one gives a shit. Those guys don't make money. They get up to the top, right to the top. Yeah. Just one little jump. Boom. Now you're making money. Why? Because you're entertaining fans. People want to watch you play. And we're not even capitalizing on that product, which is kind of weird because it seems the exact opposite of what Finn Taylor said he was trying to do when he came on the podcast, and yeah. when he made Elite 16. Like, that's, yeah. I believe that's what they were trying to do, but somehow it backfired, and they're doing the exact opposite. And I think they're chasing, I'm assuming, the financial model in the past didn't work of, like, really just building this really entertaining, cool product and spending a bunch of money and then hoping that the money comes in later. Mm -hmm. That didn't work, obviously, so they've changed from that and gone to more of the Donald Sun where he's, you know, build up AVP first, AVP next, memberships, uh, entry fees, whatever, you know. Trickle up. Yeah. Um, and then now it's the challengers where, like, the top guys are, like, we're being forced, everyone's being forced to play down. Yeah. And it's just, like, this isn't even worth it for us. Like, right. it's not fun anymore. And then if the top teams are playing down and not enjoying it, how are the fans going to enjoy that? Yeah. Um, but maybe it's more sustainable financial model for FIVB, they're like, okay, we put on all these challengers, we don't lose money. Yeah. That's good. We're a business. <laughs> right. So you can't blame them for that. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe we're just in a transition period of them like, okay, we got to find a way to have this foundation of steady finances, but also build up this other product. But now we're we're stuck on the found foundation right. level this year and the the actual product itself that we're trying to sell to fans in the world, like to grow the sport is taking a hit. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's just temporary. And that, that the, you know, the tours are aware of it and wanting to change it. 
um, and not like, well, this is kind of working as a business model a lot better, so screw it, we'll stay with that. Because yeah. then all the athletes are going to be screwed. And I think the lower-level athletes aren't, they're kind of feeling good about it right now because, mm-hmm. like, dude, we're on tour. Like, we're, <laughs> we're the top-level players. Right. But then they're going to realize there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I fighting for? Like, you're going to be five years into your career, like, we're still right here playing yeah. challengers and fighting to maybe get to the, these top levels. And uh, I think that just, like, it's just not worth all the hard work eventually. Like, you're going to, I don't know. At least for me, I'm I'm in the weird place right now where I'm just like, I I'm a big game hunter for myself. You know, yeah. that's the only thing that gets me going anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to travel tour and just play events just right. to play. I want to check boxes off on my bucket list of career things. Like right. obviously winning elite sixteens is on the table and that's huge world champs. Um, but you know those big matches like the one that I had in. Hamburg when I played world champ like that's yeah. what Theo and Kame should have experienced and they did not yeah you know um so I don't know transition phase I guess yeah another one <laughs> every year of my career we've had to make something up like well yeah but right next year maybe we're you know uh but yeah I don't know what's your perspective on it we're going to pause here for a quick break to give a shout out to our sponsors. And Try and I are so stoked to partner up with Athletic Greens. Now, I traveled more than 82,000 miles last year playing beach volleyball, and Try put us well over the 100,000 mile mark for the whole Sandcast family, and neither of us got sick a single time. All right, we were competing and traveling from February through November and not one of us so much as sneezed. And obviously there are a lot of factors in that, but the biggest common denominator that we both swear by, that we start our day with every single day, is Athletic Greens. It is our one-stop shop vitamin supplement that we bring on the road, everywhere, and it is so delicious. All right, a lot of the green supplements I've taken, it tastes like you've basically taken a fistful of dirt and earth, put it in a blender, mix it up, and then you just chugged it down. This is not the case with Athletic Greens. It is delicious, and it is packed with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It is delicious, and it works. All right, I swear, last year was the healthiest I have ever been. I give enormous credit to Athletic Greens for that, and my partner, Adam Roberts, he actually started getting sold on Athletic Greens, so much so that he actually started getting it for his parents. Uh, We cannot recommend it enough. It's a great price, honestly. It's less than three bucks a day, which if you are taking multiple supplements, you're gonna be paying more than three bucks a day anyway, so you might as well just get the one-stop shop for all your nutritional needs with Athletic Greens. That's actually how the company was founded. So the founder was spending over a 100 bucks a day in vitamin supplements, and he decided to just found his own. And now we're on the, the 51st or 52nd iteration of Athletic Greens, and it is so good. And it is beloved by athletes and high performers everywhere. It, I, I actually was uh, led to Athletic Greens by t- the Tim Ferriss podcast. And then Joe Rogan also has it on his podcast. And between those two, you have 90% of the high performers in the world. And now they're here on Sandcast, keeping the boys healthy. Uh, so right now, 
for you. It's, it's not just for athletes. It is for everyday people. Okay. And to make it easy, athletic greens is going to give you a free, and I'm gonna say it again, a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free, again, free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. All right. That is athleticgreens.com slash sandcast to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we are fired up on this partnership. We only work with partners that we absolutely love, and Athletic Greens is one of them. Cannot recommend it enough. This podcast is also brought to you by, as always, our good friends at Wilson Volleyball. They make the absolute best balls in the game, hands down, no question. And guess what? We're going to be using a lot of Wilson Volleyballs this year because if you have not seen the AVP schedule, it is packed. Whether it's AVP America or just the AVP, which has the most events since 2008, 2009, I believe. We got 16 AVPs. 16. And then we have another probably dozen or so AVP next. And AVP America is just full. And we are just going to be playing with Wilson Volleyballs from now until November, guys. So get some Wilson Volleyballs. You can get 20% off using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that is Sandcast-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. So if you need a bag, if you need a cart, if you need balls, I recommend the balls and the bags. They make great bags too. Go to wilsonvolleyball.com and use our discount code Sandcast-20. And let's see you guys on the beach. With season coming up, Try and I have started releasing a weekly newsletter, the Beach Volleyball Digest, which is just curating all of the top beach volleyball news from around the world. We got Volleyball World, the McKibbins are doing stuff, Volleyball Magazine's putting out stuff. I just started writing for AVP America. Kim Smith over at AVP is putting out a lot of content, and we are basically just taking all of that and putting it into one big email newsletter. So if you ever miss any news, we got you covered. So if you want to get on that newsletter, head over to sandcastvolleyball.com, and on the sidebar, there's an easy sign-up form. We would love to have you join the newsletter, it's not just Sandcast news, it is literally all the beach news, snow volleyball, grass volleyball, whatever's happening in the world of volleyball, we got you covered. So head over to sandcastvolleyball.com to get your beach news today. Well, so I've been, I mean, one of the reasons that I'm skipping Espino and I'm not really going to go after challengers for a while and I'm just going to stay local is that and this is I think a credit to the AVP is that the AVP is, is now putting on financially um, and competitively a, a better product mm. where I look at a challenger and if I say I could either go to Wapaka which is a tour series AVP or I can go to Espino which is a challenger and if I win Wapaka I get eight grand and if I win Espino which it's just out of the question. Like, it's out of the realms of possibility for mm-hmm. me and Tim to win Espino. Uh, we'd get 10. It's like, all right, well, I, if I perform, like, at a decent level, I could put myself in a position to win Wapaka. Right. If I career, I could put myself in a position to lose in the second round of the qualifier. <laughs> right. <laughs> Espino. Yeah. You know? Right. So then the AVP. What I'm wondering, and I think that the AVP, I don't mind... The three-tier system, I don't really mind the AVP's point system as much as everybody else does because I'm just like a believer, and we've talked about it a lot, that like, no matter what the point system is, like, the best teams are going to get where right. they're supposed to be. Yeah, I think that 
when the AVP originally set this new point system, they said it was based off of prize money because they're doing like international. You get points on the AVP for every event. Yeah, I guess I don't that really hasn't understand necessarily it. been true because you could play a CBVA open and win like a towel and a ball and a hundred bucks and get like seven hundred points on the AVP. Oh, really? Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, but y'all, I, I just hate the. You're now incentivizing your top pros to go play down. Well, to chase points or to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of teams... AVP, are, not a ton. Because it's like... It's, you know, it's not like a... It's a... You're not pushing out finishes. The AVP is just based on a window now. So it's just... Right. However many tournaments you want to play, you play. Yeah. And it's like you and Trev, like, you're fine. You don't have to play down because you have your, your pro series tournaments yeah. to play. Which is only three gold series. So you guys are going to play the pro series anyway. Right. And the prize money's okay. Mm-hmm. And the points are good. So you guys, like, you're not going to play down. But the guys, like, at my level, it could incentivize us to play down. Like, Rafa and Dave, they did the math, and they said, well, we have a better chance of making money and getting points. We're going to go to Wapaka instead of Hermosa. Right. And so in that sense, yeah, it incentivizes people to play down if they're more interested in the money and the points than the right. competition. Whereas if that were my choice, like, if I had qualified in Muskegon, we were, right. I think, a match out yeah. from doing so. Um I would have absolutely chosen Hermosa because mm. I just want to play against the best people possible and play right. those matches that you were talking about that like right. gets you jacked up. I guess I just see it as a different tour. Yeah. Like they're trying to blend in this other tour into the top tour and players are like, well, I'll just go play on this other tour. Mm-hmm. And now we have, it's like, well, why are all the resources going to this other tour? People are making their whole beach volleyball living off that tour, why don't we just make the top tour better? Yeah. Like, do we? Is it really your job to let everybody play and everybody make a? And I'm always thinking like, <clears throat> top, top. Like, right. What's the best product? What's going to get us closer to ESPN? Like, yeah. A pop more popularity and all that. So I'm super biased. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot. That, you know. There are so many quote-unquote professional beach volleyball players. Oh, I just right? saw one at uh, the poke shop today. His <laughs> yeah. sh- I was like, Gabby, yeah, look, a professional beach volleyball player. <laughs> His shirt said it was a CBVA thing or something. Yeah. It was like kings of the beach or whatever, and then on the bottom was pro player. <laughs> you know, you're probably it was like 5'10", like, you know. Um, I was like, the, oh, look, like, it's a beach volleyball pro. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you think about it, I mean, there are, between men and women, there are literally hundreds of just Americans who can claim to be a professional beach volleyball player. Not good. But since the 70s, there have been 500 NBA players. Right. Around that number. Mm. Like, that's not a lot. Right. So, like you said, like, we've spread it pretty thin. And I, I think, you know, I'm not at the top of the AVP. And I, like, more along the lines, your lines where, yeah, I do you think you, you should cater to the top? And we always talk about, a lot of players like, oh, we need more events, more events, more events. What if we had like 12 big ones? Well, I think we should cater to ones. the guys who have been playing this sport for eight years as a full-time job. Yeah. Freaking putting in all that work, sacrifice, every everything. You know, they're playing for food on the table. That's entertaining to a fan, right? Yeah. You want to see people playing for something like yeah. Big, special. Yeah. Not like, well, this guy has a side job and he likes volleyball, so he plays, <laughs> you know, three days a week. And uh, 
he's good at it, so he comes out and plays, and look, he got a good finish, like, sweet. Yeah. Like, you don't have to pay the, you don't, it's not your job to make a tour to, a pro tour, to, yeah. so that these people can call themselves pros. Yeah. Uh, that's an amateur tour, and it's great, like, they sh it's great to make places for people to play like that. It's called AAU. <laughs> American amateur what something like that right yeah I don't know it's it is what it is yeah I think that the AVP for like it's first year is doing a good job I was really impressed with the setup in Muskegon I would like all the tour series players were pretty unsure what it was going to be like I've heard the tour series is amazing it was great honestly that's um that's the problem fans <laughs> but fans showed people up. are going to the pros events and saying this is shit yeah. And then going the tour one, obviously the standards are lower, and saying, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, we're, we're running these top-level pro events. Yeah. It's and like, well, then one, where's the I top think teams? Muskegon as a venue is better. It's real beach. Mm. It was beautiful. Right. Whereas, you know, you're at a bar in New Orleans, which has its... It's virtues. Well, and it's going to rain every year on that weekend. <laughs> it's going to rain. Well, and hope then, it doesn't rain next time. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Fourth then you have time Austin, in a row. You know, in Austin's... You're it's too expensive to play at the good card. venue. Yeah. So we had. So I get like it's cheaper. Fifth of the it's price economical. to play in a, a, a weekend softball league field. Yeah. So you get Muskegon, like pretty venue, um, a really solid beach volleyball tradition in Michigan, actually, which is interesting. Right. Um, and then I think what's really important is that they put it all on a weekend. And on just Saturday, Sunday. Just Saturday, Sunday. Mm. It was a twenty fourteen draw, like. I played four matches in one day, Oof. and which I would I don't mind it. Like I think if you have a sixteen team draw, I think you you put it on a weekend. You're gonna get fans there the whole time, and people are gonna have to play three or four matches a day. And that's just like, I think that could be some like a concession that the players can make. Right. You know, we might have to be a little bit more fit. If it works, then sure. Yeah. I, I think the level of play goes down a bit, but yeah, I mean, if it. If it's gonna work and like yeah. bring in more fans and cut the cost, then yeah, pros can handle that. Yeah, especially if it's a 16 teamer. I mean, like if I had won my fourth match, I would have had to have played a fifth right after. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how much I would have had left for that one. Right. <laughs> I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Maybe dude. four matches in a day is a good. Oh, five is ridiculous. Then you're just watching. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, a fan doesn't want to watch that. Yeah. Like. Or maybe you do, but it's for the different reasons. Right. Like, like, wow, you made them play <laughs> for eight hours straight. <laughs> Look at this. They're crawling around the court. This is kind of funny. <laughs> so I think that uh, Muskegon had a lot going for it. Um, and then I'll be interested to see how I'm heading to Denver. I leave tomorrow. Mm. Um, I'll be interested to see how Denver goes. Denver's actually, I would say, Sounds about as cool. strong as AVP San Francisco was, the field. Because there's no conflicts or anything. So, I mean, you got, like... And I think people have wisened up, and they're like, the points are good, and the money's good, and it's pretty close, so I'm going to play. The fact that we're calling that good nowadays is sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly have been, like, super intrigued in all these stops, and, like, man, I want to go play in those. Yeah. But it's just so backwards, and, like, if I go win it, what does that do for me? I get some of these imaginary points that I love. <laughs> Sick. I'm going to freaking check off a bucket list. I'm yeah. like, I got 500 points once, whatever, yeah. or whatever points they made up. Uh, or 
I'm not going to call that. You, you, didn't, you didn't win an AVP for winning that event. Sorry. Yeah. You're not, an, been, you're not an AVP winner. To watch the debate oh go on. Oh, my God. And it, it was so funny, man. That's like the biggest thing. Like, if, if you get to the point in your career where you win an AVP, you can hang your hat on that for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you win an AVP tour, you have to be good to do that. Yeah. You cannot hang your hat on. You cannot say you won an AVP. Yeah. At all. <laughs> Not even close. That's like saying you qualify. Those are that's the qualifying series. Yeah. The tour series should not be called the tour series. The tour is a random word that they just made up. <laughs> this is the qualifier. Yeah. The qualifying series, like the WSL calls it. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Yeah. Not trying to trick fans and right make people feel better than they are about themselves yeah so it's just not sorry sorry hey rafu won a real one didn't he, he rafu did. won san fran he did rafu was an avp champ yeah not for this one ask him i freaking love that guy there's no way yeah. avp uh rafu is claiming this one as an avp win. yeah i because i did a story on it and i asked him he wouldn't claim it feel. even if he didn't have san fran yeah i think rafu knows he, he knows what's what um, I do think that Denver, with how strong that field is, if you win Denver, that would be about the same as winning San Fran. Well, San Fran's been the one debated and, and that's been the event. One debated. Yeah, and that so, that was legitimately on the world tour. It was just overshot, so everybody missed right. it. And so that tells you a lot. Yeah, you're like, well, it's close to San Fran. Well, everyone's been trying to demote San Fran. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. But that's like roughly the, the quality. I think calling it the qualifying series. I think Taylor and them were, were signed. They were going to go, and then I just talked to him. And to he, Denver? I think they're pulling out, or, or they already did. Okay. I think they did. I, I don't remember seeing them on the entry list. Yeah. I'd like it if someone pulled out, because there was a wild card you so I got bumped into the qualifier for the qualifiers. Oh, you're in the, so you're in the quality of yeah. the quality tour? Yeah. Quality tour series? Yeah. I didn't even think about it either. I was like, oh, yeah, like, when... I mean, me and JM were like the 12 seed in wherever we were first, Muskegon. Like, great. Like, I mean, main draw for this one. And then I didn't expect like Lotman and Partain, Ed and Chase, Burek. And Burek has like frozen points from five years ago. Well, anyone that's not on the world tour, why would you not? If I wasn't on the world tour, I'd probably be playing in all of them. Yeah. Why not? Um, That's why I'm curious why Taylor and Taylor pulled out. Well, they got a really long. stretch after that they're gonna go portugal hermosa portugal morocco fort lauderdale atlanta like there's no weekends off for them okay so it'd be kind of that's brutal yeah to play the weekend before add one on there yeah at least it's close but yeah that makes sense that they would pull out yeah anyway that's my sorry quality guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry tour guy tour (laughs) series Well, I mean, I... Such a hater right now. It was so funny, man, in the, just like around Muskegon talking to the players, because there were, I think, 12 players on the guy side, I I think, and I think 15 of 16 women who, that was like their quote-unquote first main draw. Um, And I had Deanna Craft on, who took took third. main draw. And and that's what... It's a qualifier. That was the debate. A lot, anyone who has sort of kind of grown up with the old system was like, nope. Can't can't take it. Of but, course, the but new now, people the are like, players, well, it's, like, a, yeah. it's a tour of a stop now. Yeah, but Deanna Craft, who took third, so that's what the fans are saying too. Yeah, you know, and but she took third in Muskegon, which was technically her first main draw, and she didn't count it. 
And she said, no, her most because well, be she has one. big aspirations for her career. <laughs> Someone yeah. else who's just like, no, I'm going to have to take this one and pretend like it's way bigger than it is. Yeah. The reality is go walk into a player's tent at a Gold Series event and ask everybody in the tent. There's your answer. Yeah. That's where the answer should come from, yeah. is the top, right? If yeah. they say, yeah, okay. I think it's like, I would say it is an accomplishment and something to be proud of. But For sure. not... I mean, that's a... When you look at the U.S. as a whole, volleyball, if you win a Tour Series event, you're a legitimate top player in the country, yeah. and you have the potential to play in main draws, elite, top American main draws. Like, you're that good. Yeah. That's something to hang your hat on. Yeah. For sure. It's like everyone. Like, I'm, I qualified. That's like a big bucket list in your career. All of us, everyone's first main draw they qualified for was like, boom, I earned that. Yeah. Yes. They qualified moment. for the main draw. Yeah. That's what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe even a little better because you have to win it. Qualifier, you, you can get like top four you know yeah so so it's better than that yeah. but you can't really stretch beyond that yeah i think it's uh it's cool that people i like the fact that they do make it a big main draw on tour series but not everyone gets paid oh really yeah so you have to get ninth or better to get paid okay which i dig because then it, it it makes people feel like they're part of something but people the right players are, are making money Right. And I can say that I was out of the money from mm. Muskegon. Right, yeah. And I'm still saying that that's a good thing. Right, so right. So it's right. unbiased. There we go. <laughs> I know. You always have to take advantage when you're in that, on the other side of, yeah. uh, like right now with the World Tour stuff. Like mm -hmm. beginning of the year, we were 10th, right? And we yeah. slipped all the way to 28th, wherever we're at now. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, now I can talk. Because I'm not that, <laughs> that guy that's sitting, yeah, of course you're saying that. You're sitting 10th right. in the world. Still agree with everything I said in the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm in a position to be screwed trying to get back. Actually, yeah. no, because the system makes it so easy to fluctuate, get one good finish and you're back. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So what's, like, what's the solution? So right now, I mean, when we had Finn Taylor on the podcast, for example, he was yeah. like, we're going to have events every weekend of the year. And for the most part, I mean, the season started out in, in Mexico in March, and there will be challengers to be played in late November. Right. Um, but is that like, would you rather have it condensed, bigger events with less events, with bigger prize money? So like say you take three challengers and you just absorb them. You're like, instead of doing those three in Portugal, Morocco, and wherever, why don't we just do one big Elite 16 in Agadir? I think the Elite 16... Or like an Elite 32. I think the whatever. Elite 16 tour should be the tour. That's it. This is the world tour. Yeah. Yes, there's a challenger series. You should follow it. It's really cool. You mm -hmm. get to see the teams battling out to try to get to the top. That's it. Like, there's a top yeah. tier. So it is with surfing. I'm a huge fan of surfing. Yeah. Not because it's the most entertaining. It's a terrible spectator sport, actually. <laughs> but they set it up in a good way. Obviously, I like surfing, but they set it up in a good way that it's interesting. I look at the qualifying. Who's coming up next? Like, who's the up-and-comer? Who's going to win this qualifying series and get boosted up to the main draw for the next season? Yeah. It's sweet. Like, so it's you, awesome. So and, oh, like who's at the, the back of this one? Like, they're going to have to... They're going to fall off. Yeah. 
it's it's really cool. It's really interesting. Do you like the uh, the promotion relegation? I like that. Element? I don't think it has to be that. You can set the points up in a way where the top challenging teams get to the back of the sixteen or make it twenty four. I, I don't I like think that. Yeah. But then they said, I mean, that's what they have in place. But the points are off, and then the scheduling was off in the beginning, so it, they had to do the qualifier thing. Now it's elite twelve. Oh wait, we're gonna throw in a wild card, so it's the elite eleven. <laughs> and then the points are gonna fluctuate so much that people who have never played in main draws and elites are yeah. now in the top somehow. Um, but if they set up the points to where the challengers actually get you to, you're gonna relegate the back of the the elites by winning challengers, then it's perfect. Yeah. But now it's if you win challengers, you relegate the the fifth team in the world. Legitimately. Yeah. Like you're sitting fifth in the world. One of the best top five teams in the world. And someone wins a qualifying series event and they just pass you. Yeah. What? <laughs> if someone, if they did that, if they started doing this and surfing, I would stop watching. I'd be like, this is stupid. Yeah. Like what? This person's a no name. How did they just pass Carissa Moore? Yeah. Like what? Cause just because she didn't surf? Right. She decided to rest because she's actually like structuring her schedule and everything based on like being the best surfer in the world. Yeah. Well, now, well, maybe she should go play in these qualifying events. Like, why? Why do we want Chris Moore to go surf in these? She's the Olympic and world champion. We don't want her to go play in these lower level events, but the point system's making it so she has to. Right. And she's sitting here like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Oh, so you don't get passed by qualifying series players. Yeah. I just think it's stupid. I, as a fan, I would probably stop paying attention. Yeah, that's one thing that I love. I love the way the AVP structured it, where the best four from the we'll rename the tour series the qualifying series for the purpose. Thank of you. The Sorry. Podcast. Sorry, everyone. So the AVP qualifying series. Mm-hmm. I love that every one of them has uh, like a, an event that it's related to mm. so you win denver that's pretty you cool yeah fort lauderdale it's, yeah, it's like a qualifier but it's an actual Atlanta. tournament yeah that's pretty cool so that's like the promotion but element. you shouldn't be the you shouldn't get the points for winning this qualifying event to be a what is it, it i heard it was like fifth or third if you win if you if win you, it's a third if you win a if you win a qualifying series event you, it's a you get a third place third pro series in a pro event in the top tier event yeah. You get a third place. Is anyone else hearing this? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I've never really... So, like, in, how is surfing points... How does that work? Is there a point system? Yeah. Or is it, Same thing. Yeah. You get a certain amount, 10,000 points for a first, you know, 7,500 for a second, all the way down. Yeah. Um, they changed it up this year to where they have a mid-season cut. Okay. But their main draw is their it's called the championship series or tour is a is set for the year based on last the last season. So some some teams get relegated or sorry, some individuals get relegated from the bottom from the qualifying series. The other people jump up. Okay. Whatever. I don't I don't know how many spots, maybe 6 or something. Um but now they have a mid-year cut. So halfway through the year, at 16, everyone behind 16 is off tour. 
And now, uh-huh. now halfway through the year, there's only six, I think it's 16. Obviously, I don't follow that closely, but now there's just 16. Like, from now until the end of the year, there's only 16 teams remaining. Okay. Or surfers. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't know if that's necessary. As a fan, I'm like, eh, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted to see some of those surfers surf still. <laughs> right. Like, they had a bad start to the year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... It's it's just separate. Yeah. And then they they call the qualifying series this. It's it's actually really brilliant. They call it the qualifying series. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they came up with it. <laughs> Instead of being like the pro surfers series, top pros series, something like to confuse fans. Like, wait, what? Tour. Wait. Okay, it's the AVP tour. So yeah. if it's the tour series, it must be the AVP. Players. All right. So why don't we go see this? Wait, where's all the top players? And this is the pro series, so it's got to be the pros. But wait, why weren't the pros playing in the tour series? Yeah. Maybe it's like a qualifying series or something. I don't know. I like the promotion relegation element of sports. Yeah, I think it's sweet. I think the Premier, I think what, the Premier League that yeah. does it in soccer, I yeah. think it's awesome. I'm wondering, and you and you give these teams a shot, you know. Yeah. It's not like one shot and you're bounced. It's right. like, hey, give them a four chunk, you know, four events to yeah. like give it a shot because it could be these young guys where the first one they're just like starstruck. You know, you get four shots yeah. at it, and then if you can't break through, then you'll drop back, kind yeah. of thing. I think it's cool. I do too, and I like that. Uh, that's I really like about the AVP is that. The qualifier teams are actually performing in main draws now because they're not off the heels of, a f- of four matches in a single day. Yeah, totally. And so now, like, they're coming in. You get to see rested. their best yeah, you, volleyball. Yeah, playing real volleyball. Yeah, exactly. And which I think is awesome. And these teams, like, a lot of these qualifying, that's where the top players come from. Mm-hmm. Event, you know, at some point, one of those top players comes through and they can actually take down a top seed, but you can't have them coming off of playing yeah. four matches the day before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's great, too. Yeah. So I think there are good things happening. There, there are there, good things there are in good, there. There are good things if happening. If the tour, is, if everyone's behind the scenes and laying it all out, picking the good things, yeah. and we make some changes, I'm happy. I think we're in a good place. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if we're doing that, though. I think if, like, one I thing I also want to hear. I just want some answers. Like, yeah. I don't need to blame anyone. I'm just like... Are we all seeing this? <laughs> yeah. No. That, well, one thing I think, so I think the AVP's got like, I, I like the, the qualification system, whether you want to call it something different or not, whatever. Um, and I, I really like what Volleyball World does with how open they are with talking to the players. Mm. I think that the, just the amount of open calls that they have is Well, something. that's the reason you make a players association. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing I think that the uh, the AVP players could probably push to do a better job of. Yeah. No, I agree. Totally. Because, like, I think, like, if you got together with, like, April and Alex and Trevor and Taylor and Phil. I mean, we got a lot of power. Yeah. And if, players and if, if like, you came to the AVP and you said, hey, we really like this promotion relegation system. We don't think you should call the tour series the tour series. Call the qualifying series. Like these are the things we want to see. Like here are the great elements. Here are the elements we would like to tweak. I, they might be receptive to it if it's pitched the right way. Yeah, totally. 
I think they'd be receptive to it. Yeah. If they're not, um, there's you you're forced them to be receptive to it, right? That's what an association does. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree, dude. I actually think you call the tour series the qualifying series. I'm interested now. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, who's the up and comer? Who's gonna mm-hmm. win the tour qualifying series? That's awesome. Like, yeah. this if this guy goes out and wins the give awards for that series, honestly. This guy's player of the year of the qualifying series. Now we all get to watch him come up to the pro level, mm-hmm. the top level, <clears throat> and compete. And everyone's going to want to see that guy. You just created a character, you know? Yeah. And we it's fun that. to watch. We'll create, we'll create our own qualifying series. There we show. go. There's no... <laughs> just to confuse more of it, they're like, what qualifying series? Like, what do you mean? We just made That's it a out. four-time AVP champion right there. He's got more wins than Trevor Crabb. <laughs> <laughs> it's got tied with me, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, what were we saying again? Uh, just how like the players could approach the oh, and um, like and all that. Yes, I mean I think it's a great idea. I think what I've learned from being on the International Players Association is that it is a lot of work. Yeah. It's not just everyone getting together. Say, hey, we're going to be an association. We, there's a lawyer involved. Everyone right. has to pay fees. Um, a nook. There's like, you know, full on. There's a president. Yeah. There's a treasurer. It's there's legit. people in charge of everything. Um, there's a board now. And Madeline was running it all for free. And then we were all paying dues to get <clears throat> keep this lawyer on, involved. And... Uh, it's a ton of work. It was like a full-time job for her. Mm-hmm. And, and she just had to step down. And she, we had a meeting in Rome. She's like, I can't do it anymore. I need to make a living. Right. I love you guys. Like, it was great. Um, but I need to make a living. And she's also the FIVB, on the FIVB Players Commission, the head of that. So she's too busy. She can't do it. Yeah. But, like, who's going to do that for the AVP? I don't have time to yeah. create the association. And I'll be a part of it. I'll Whatever, president, whatever you want to call it, you know get it together and whatnot but i can't we all we're all gonna we're all gonna be paying fees now the world tour players don't want to play fees the avp tour series players aren't gonna you can only make a hundred bucks out there you're not gonna pay a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah. to i don't know it's just hard you need someone that's like fully dedicated to it yeah. and willing to um dedicate all their time to it and that's the reason it's doesn't exist yeah. i think <laughs> well it's funny is that like the association of volleyball professionals it be it was a union it should be right it, yeah. well that's what it was it started yeah. out because they hated the promoters this yeah company called event concepts was running uh-huh. events and they were they changed the ball they weren't like being transparent about the prize money mm. they changed the rules from old school to side out they changed they were trying to change the court size and the players were like what's wrong like no right, right. And so they talked to this lawyer leonard armado who uh-huh. represented Shaq and yep. Kareem and Ronnie Lott. And he was like, well, if you make a union and band together, like you have some power. And so that was the Association of Volleyball Professionals. Mm-hmm. And then now the AVP is, was for a little bit a publicly traded company. So right. it went from a union to a, a public company, and now it's like now it's a private company, which is kind of an issue. It's pretty it's, awesome it what they did. It started as a union. Yeah. 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 The association of... We're associated with... The tour. Yeah. But you're not the tour. Yeah, so it would be pretty funny if, like, <laughs> the AVP, which was a players' union, became, like, the AVP players' union. 
Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of backwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have to call it AVP. Yeah. But no, I, I think it would be amazing for our sport. And it's like something I want to do if I didn't sleep, you know? Like if I, <laughs> it'd be fun. I'd be, I would, I'm also on the board of directors for USA Volleyball. And there's certain meetings I want to get together with the players just for that, yeah. that it's actually my voluntary role. Um, and I think it'd be really fun, like April ever. Like, there's plenty of players that are smart enough uh, to get it done. It's just I gotta prioritize right. certain things. Yeah. But if someone if someone stepped up and made it, I'd be on board 100% right away. Yeah. Pay whatever fee we gotta pay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could be useful because I, I think that I think you should do it. I got plenty of free time. Do you? <laughs> yeah. You have like six jobs. Yeah, I slept like three hours last yeah, night. Yeah, <laughs> See, you don't need sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't need sleep. <laughs> Man, it's, it was tough. I forgot, like, because going to Switzerland was my first time going to Europe this year. Hmm. And I forgot what, just how devastating that is just to your body. It can crush and, you. And your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't Bro. sleep. I slept like four and a half hours a night for like five nights. I was like, oh my God. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I mean, our, our text conversations are pretty hilarious. Just yeah. like, you're like, I'm crushed. I'm like a week back. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm still not recovered. <laughs> Let's push the podcast to Wednesday. I can't talk for an hour. <laughs> I mean, getting Just, back, like I got back Monday, midnight, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Slept like five hours. And then jet lag got me pretty good, so I was up at like five thirty. Yeah, like I'm so tired, but I can't fall back to sleep. And then the whole day just zombied. Yeah, no, I was crushed. Like, <laughs> I need sleep, dude. I don't. I don't think I've ever been um, as emotionally and physically drained as this last one. Okay. Granted, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. First of all, losing, just feeling like you're not playing well and losing is emotionally draining because yeah. you put so much into it, obviously. And then Trevor got sick for two tournaments. Most people don't know that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he got COVID for world champs. We pulled out. So that's draining. Just being around someone who's sick right. is draining. And then he gave it to me. <laughs> so then I flew back with it, missing my family. <laughs> and I'm in the Sandcast studio for three days. <laughs> not seeing my daughter and wife. Or seeing them, but through the right. the glass sliding door. And then it happened to be my wife's birthday, then Father's Day, and my birthday, all in quarantine. Yeah. And I was, dude, I'm just... It's, it's I'm a just, tough combo. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, thinking, like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Paris. <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe we just invest in Gabby's career, and I, <laughs> I go stay-at-home dad. Yeah. The amount of times that that thought has popped into my head is... Uh, a little scary. Yeah. But I'm like, wait, okay. COVID, travel, losing five feet, five weeks away, and I got a little back tweak thing going on. All right, maybe you're not thinking from the right, uh, right. plane right now. Yeah. And I think that's just part of, like, being an athlete. That's part of pursuing something that's really freaking hard. Right. Like, there are so many times, just, like, being a freelance contract writer yeah. in a sport that has traditionally had no money. You're like, I'm going to need a job next yeah, week. Yeah, I like looking at construction month. guys next to my house and like, why don't man, I do that? Are you hiring? Like, <laughs> you know what your day is every time. Right. You're going to get paid on time. Yeah. You never get paid on time. 
Dude, like, I just kept thinking about Will Montgomery, my I first think about partner. That all the time. Like, I've seen his videos. He's surfing, <laughs> spearfit. Me and Will, he was one of my first partners when we started to become pro. He, you know, went all in. Eventually, just retired. Like, no, nah, I'm not gonna make it. I'm gonna get a job. Fireman, fireman's a great job. You get a lot yeah. of free time. And we used to surf together a lot. We got into spearfishing. Now he's like pulling into head high, stand up barrels yeah. on his free time. Like he's become elite surfer, and we're like same level. I'm like that, I wanted to be doing that. <laughs> and he's spearfishing, pulled up like a freaking hundred fifty pound tuna. I'm like dude, we were like trying to figure out how to shoot a three prong like a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Look at this guy. He gets, knows what he's getting paid. He's got a good job. His time yeah. off. He does what he loves. I'm like Jesus, what yeah. am I doing? It's so funny, man. Like, these thoughts come in all the time. But I know that we're not alone just because whenever I listen to podcasts with, like, other writers or athletes, like, everyone, I mean, everyone thinks that. And people are looking at our jobs like, what are you talking about, dude? I want to do what you guys do. Yeah, you guys guys are going to play volleyball on the beach. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. Like, what we do is amazing. But there are, like, weeks, if not months, long stretches sometimes where I'm like, this makes no sense. Dude, I've waken up every day. in pain and just like extra tired and just like questioning everything yeah but then i'm like "Mm, yeah been here pretty much every year there's always a point where this happens so let's just weather it yeah and then you're gonna play well and you're gonna win you're like god this is amazing yeah everything's good all it takes is like you get one good match and the high from that good match or just a good tournament good turn you like have like me and jake just took fourth in switzerland mm-hmm. which was super fun yeah and that was great like it was packed all the time like everyone was just like drinking having a great time like just classic like european yeah really fun beach volleyball vibes. right i was like oh this is fantastic like i love it and then i got on the plane i was like why did i do this <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it goes that fast that's just how it is i mean yeah i think like what you said when you're pursuing something difficult or tough challenging you get to the challenging time and it's easy to forget you're like oh yeah you wanted to challenge yourself. You wanted yeah. the challenge. Now you're just in it, dude. Yep. Like, you know, wait for wait for your, your when you're when the wave lets you up uh, to to grab a breath yeah. of air to actually like contemplate quitting or whatnot. Yeah. You know, just remember you're you're in it. It's like uh, Tom Brady was saying that guys would call him like over the years, his friends, whatever. They they win championship. They finally win championships. You know, top pro athletes. And they all like, bro, that was so fucking hard. <laughs> He's like, yep, that's what that's what I do. Yeah, like it's they're like they're surprised. They they win the championship. They're not like, yes, this is the greatest thing. They're like, dude, that was extremely hard. Yeah, like questioning, like I don't know if that was worth doing it again. Right. And Tom Brady's like, yep, like that's what I sign up for mm-hmm. every year. Like I go to that place. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's actually a really cool perspective of, like, you have to go there. You have to do this, something really, you have to go to that dark place, basically, and get comfortable there. Yeah. It's funny, like, what short-term memories athletes can have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a podcast in two weeks, and I'm going to be all just positive vibes and happy. Well, it depends on Hermosa goes. After you you win Hermosa, we're going to have a podcast, and you're going to be like, bro, this is the greatest job in the world. People are (laughs) going to look at at my results and then pick which podcast to listen to because, uh, oh, no, this guy's coming off a loss. He's going to hate everything. He's He's really going to hate the qualifying series. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh boy. Well, I think I think it'd be really funny is if like say I go like win Wapaka, we just have Travis wins his first AVP. Oh yeah, we should. <laughs> Let's blow that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah, love you it. Prob- you probably have uh, what yeah. Here? We're going to a belated birthday dinner. My in-laws are taking me well, on. Fogo. Yeah. Nice. Love you want to say hi? <laughs> my daughter's yelling at us to get going she wants to go get some brazilian barbecue let's get you on the road i can't keep you from fogo yeah i know i'm i'm pretty lucky here good to have you back thanks brother good to be back good to have you back hi, hi naya let's naya, on naya the you want to say hi we're just signing off are you ready to go to dinner yeah where are we gonna go who are we gonna go to dinner with please daddy G- Gigi and Daddy, yeah, yeah. Nah, this is a volleyball. And Gigi. And who else? Papa. Yep. Yeah. Nah, did you come to practice yesterday? Yeah. And what did I do at practice? Or, what? Practice. I practiced. Yep. Do you like watching me practice? Yeah. Oh, the dog's <laughs> tied up in the yes, microphone. Daddy. You like watching me practice? What do you yeah. do when I'm at practice? Yeah. Hmm. What is that for? This is a microphone. That's for you. So people can hear you talking. They want to know what, what you think. Should we go to dinner? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Nye. How do we say bye in, uh, on the podcast? Let me see. Okay, say bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shoot. That was Nia Born. <laughs> Shoots. Podcast, thank you.